All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Daily Faceoff Live. Matt Larkin here. It is Wednesday, December 14th. And before we get started, Stephen Ellis, two weeks ago, I shouted out my dad's birthday. Last week, I shouted out my mom's birthday. Today, I shout out my sister's birthday, which is tomorrow. The Larkins are just December birthday bonanza. Wanted to get my shout out in. And now, of course, I want to welcome my partner on the new Puck Poolies podcast, Stephen Ellis, our prospect analyst and associate editor. Before we jump into the show, Stephen, give me one quick reason to listen to Puck Poolies. It's Christmas time, right? Michael Buble came on our second episode. I think that's pretty cool. That's a great answer. He's on episode two right now. You can find it everywhere you listen to podcasts. Now let's get down to business. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, Stephen. And let's talk about Mr. Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin gets a hat trick last night, jumps from 797 goals all the way to 800. And it's crazy to think he's just 95 goals now from passing Wayne Gretzky for the all-time lead. And he's 37 years old. He's on a 53-goal pace, Stephen. So I'm curious. Let's let's set aside the record for a second. I think he's going to get it. But is this going to be hockey's first 1,000-goal score when we're all said and done? I don't think so. I don't think so. When we're looking at that being a possibility, he'll be 39, 40, and I don't think. I, I know that's not the fun answer because I would love to see him get 1,000. I think he gets 1,000 if if we're not having all the, the all the disruptions due to COVID, if he's not missing half a season a couple of years ago because of that. I think it's a better shot at it. I think he's going to cut fall kind of short, mostly because I still think he's going to finish his career uh, with one year in the KHL. So that's my my thought. Yeah, it's fair and it's tough. You know, Alex Ovechkin, especially if you count the lost rookie season, he's been had games of his career cost by three lockouts and a pandemic. So we've had a lot of shortened seasons in his career. I still wouldn't put it past him yet. If you look at it right now, you know, people always say 
oh, if only Ovechkin played in a different era. Well, right now, it is a different era. We're at the highest rate of offense in 29 years. So the hypotheticals of what, what would have OE have done if he was in the 80s or the early 90s? He basically is in the early 90s now because offense is way up. So we're seeing the goal total stay strong. Like I said, pacing for more than 50 goals. That said, he still needs 200 more goals. That would be four 50-goal seasons. That's five 40-goal seasons. It's a long shot. I do think that 900 goals is happening. We know the Capitals as a franchise, they're kind of in decline at the moment. And I think they're really committed to this record. If you don't believe me, if you look at the NHL leaders in power play minutes per game, Ovechkin is one minute ahead of second place. He's averaging five minutes and 34 seconds a game on the power play. Second is Nikita Kucherov at 434. So if there's any doubt that this team is committed to giving him the record. I think you, you can just throw that out the window. We're going to see 900. He's being paid until 2025, 26, right? That's when his contract expires. A thousand, I agree with you. It's probably a long shot. Uh, and now let's shift Steven to somebody who is not quite lighting up the record books, but whatever the record book is for damage done to the Nashville Predators, it's Leon Dreisaitl. And he is now the unofficial mayor of Smashville. Five points against the Preds on Tuesday. And Tyler Uremchuk gave me some crazy stats. It's 10 points in his last two against Nashville. It's 16 goals and 26 points in his last eight games. That is a double-take stat if there ever was one. So, Stephen, what is it about the Nashville Predators? Is this just a fluke? Does he have their number for a specific reason? What do you think? So, for my fantasy hockey team, I'm very glad I have Leon Dreisaitl because I lost out on McDavid. I lost out to Matthews, and both those players went to the exact same team. I feel like Dreisaitl, again, like like like, like you mentioned, th this guy has played in McDavid's shadow, kind of like Malkin did in Crosby, uh, with Crosby. Um, you look at the McKinnon shows up. Then you come in and see Matthews show up. Uh, to a, even a lesser extent, you see Kale McCarr come in and you see some good goalies. This is a guy that has never gotten the love that he deserves, I think, throughout the entire league. Because we're looking at Austin Matthews, many consider him to be the best current goal scorer. Well, like the Leon Dreisaitl, pretty much all the time is either ahead of him or just near him. It's it, that's how good of a player he is, and you know he's good without McDavid. He's good with McDavid. He can play with kind of anybody. He's if he's your number two center, which team can match that? This is a guy that, to me, is one of the best players in the league, and we I think we'll be getting so much more attention if he was in any other market where he doesn't have Connor McDavid in front of him. So I, I think yeah. he's he's. He's, he's as good as advertised. I, I think you're right. And I do think the dominance over Nashville, it is sort of an anomaly. There's no real way to explain. It's not like they, they blackmailed him and he has a reason to hate the Predators or something like that, right? But I think if you look at just the scope of what he's doing, I agree. And there is there is the shadow effect. And then there's a real parallel to Evgeny Malkin's career. You look at Malkin had the MVP season the year that Sidney Crosby was hurt. Same thing happened with Leon Dreisaitl, the one season that was shortened, or two seasons, but the one where Dreisaitl was around two that was shortened by injury. For McDavid a couple years ago, that's Dreisaitl's MVP season. But if you look at the legacy of Malkin, remember in 2017, he's left off that top 100 players list, which is still, to me, egregious, looks even more egregious today. And it's always it was always as if he was just considered the second fiddle. And I think it, it happens to Leon Dreisaitl as well. He doesn't get enough credit. You know, of course, McDavid, I think he's 15 points ahead of third place in the NHL scoring race. But Dreisaitl's seven points ahead of, of third place as well. And... I do wonder just in the era of analytics, the new age fans, I don't think they give Dreisaitl as much credit as a complete player because his defensive play is, you know, you could say average, you could say maybe below average. 
Uh, but to me, if we're just judging him for what he is, that doesn't matter. It's not like, you know, if you look back on great goal scorers, let's say it was Pavel Bure or something, you wouldn't say he was a bad defensive player. You don't care. And I think if we view Drysettle through the lens of elite offensive weapon, he's absolutely one of the best players of his generation. And I don't think he does get enough credit. Uh, let's move on now. We, we, we can't forget, he throws a ton of hits. He's a physical player. You know, he's, he's an intimidating force. He is. He's a big guy. He's really hard to knock off the puck. He does so many things well. He doesn't get enough credit for his passing ability as well. I think that's the most underrated part of his game. Uh, if we look at the scores last night, there's another one that really pops, Stephen. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs destroying those poor Anaheim Ducks 7-0. Uh, of course, Mitch Marner, the point streak hits 23. But the Leafs as a team, they're on a pretty unique streak as well. They have one regulation loss since October, more than a month since their last regulation loss. And I've noticed even with, with, you know, group chats, friends and family, I live in Toronto, people are talking about the Leafs and they seem to be saying stuff, oh, this team is dominant, this team is different. And I'm, I'm like, have you met the Leafs? Isn't this what they do every year? So I wanna ask you that, Stephen. Do you think this dominant version of the Toronto Maple Leafs is a team to be feared? Is this just sort of more of the same from a team that's always good in the regular season? I think it's more of the same. Um, this is a group though that, um, I think the thing we got to give them a lot of credit for is how many injuries they've had to deal with specifically on the blue line. Morgan Riley was very important for that team, and they haven't lost a game in regulation since he's been injured. TJ Brody, same thing. They had a perfect record without him. They were able to throw these guys in here. Uh, some guys making their NHL debuts. Some guys just looking to get their career kind of back on track, like Connor Timmons, and they're finding ways to succeed. They're doing it with different goaltenders too. It's not like they got one guy kind of taking the load. Matt Murray's looked great. Ilya Samsonov, fantastic again. Uh, I think, it, but, but but the issue is I think it's still too early to see what this team can do because yeah, every year we see them doing the same thing and then they fall flat in the playoffs. For me, I still think we need to see one goalie really emerge here for that to be taken a bit more seriously and have a guy that you can really rely on heading into the playoffs. It is December, so we still have some time. Um, but the fact that both are looking really good right now, I think, is very important. Um, and, and Mitch Marner's playing as good as he has. Like, like, let's not forget, Austin Matthews is not playing to the level that we know he's able to. He's he's playing good, but he could be even better than this. And they're still out there winning games. They're still getting offense from everywhere. Pierre Engvall's been playing really well recently. David Camp's been good. Rasmus Sandin's coming into his own. So to me. While I expected this team to take a step back this year compared to what last year, I, I'm impressed of, with the players that are stepping up and, and really showing that there's some real development in some of the young guys and that they're goaltending. Both those guys have taken this opportunity by storm. So uh, I, I think it's still too early to say, but it, this team is is come, overcoming a lot of issues early on, which I don't know if we could say that in previous years where death was an issue. Yeah, I think those are good points. And, and if you sort of decide to put the glass half full hat on, um, I do think they're getting to their success in a different way that's meaningful, especially when it comes to the injuries on defense. And it's sort of created an opportunity for Rasmus Sandin in particular and Timothy Lilligren to blossom, to be given more minutes. And I think the confidence is growing. So that was sort of a happy accident, the injuries to Riley, Brody, and Muzzin, because now... If they're back later, I don't know if Muzzin will be, but of course Riley and Brody already is, you're going to have your younger members of the decor that are much more solidified now in their confidence. And I think the team just looks more dangerous top to bottom as a result. That said, Stephen, this team had 115 points last year. It broke its franchise record by 10 points. In the last five years, only two teams have won more games than the Toronto Maple Leafs. So none of this matters at all 
to me mm-hmm. if I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I don't care if they don't lose a game for the rest of the season until they win a playoff series. It doesn't matter. Toronto good in regular season is not a headline. They are always good in the regular season. So let's move on now. Let's shift out west to Vancouver. And Bo Horvat, the captain, issued a statement yesterday. You could decide if it's an interesting statement or maybe it's a nothing statement. We'll get into that. Um, but the statement from him yesterday regarding the trade rumors, I am focused this season on playing for the Canucks, helping the team in any way I can. I will not have fur- any further comments this year about my future. So I'm curious what your read is on this, Stephen. Is this just sort of, as our Mike McKenna said on dailyfaceoff.com, a nothing burger, just somebody trying to divert attention and, and sort of shut things down? Do you think there's some meaning here? Do you think he is going to entertain the idea of being a Canuck or is he gone? Nothing burger was exactly the word I was going to use there. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder now, him saying this uh, through the statement, I'm wondering if now we're going to see that be more of a trend from like high-quality players around the league, where it's like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, here, here's my answer. Um, I would, as McKenna pointed out, it's got to be tough going on these road trips. You not know if you're going to end the road trip with this team. You don't know if you're going to be sleeping in your bed again. Like I can get that being a very tough thing. So good on him for just saying, you know, I don't want to answer this. Let's see how it's respected. I'd assume that the media will kind of lay off for a bit, but it can't be easy for a captain of a team to still be in the trade rumors where there's clearly some validity to all this. If he's continuing to be brought back into this, um, But the way he's playing, this is a guy where if Vancouver is really going to just blow this group up, he's a one you definitely move because he brings so much value uh, in a trade. But to me, it's like, okay, great, but I still can't imagine the mental side of it going away for Bohor, but I still imagine this is still going to be top of mind. And, uh, you know, now there's rumors that he declined a contract things like that it's it's going to it's not going to go away just because he put out a statement saying i I, i'm not going to talk about it i still think it's going to be something that's there um but just on a lower end i am curious to see now if if more pending ufas or trade targets do kind of put out a statement just to shut things up during the season i I don't know if it works Mm -hmm. who knows yeah, it's worth a shot. And I think the only thing missing from the statement was by Pat Morris at the bottom. I think it was clearly yeah. the work of his agent uh, making that statement. And I agree. I, I understand the rationale behind making it because right now you are still the captain of a team that is four points out of a wild card spot. Hmm. And we saw he made some pretty demoralizing comments, Bo Horvat, earlier this season saying, I don't think we'll ever win a game. That's not what you wanted to hear from your captain. So this is sort of the reverse of that kind of, hey, everyone, all hands on deck. We're going to keep pushing forward, even though it's arguably just BS and just sort of, like like you said, like we both said, a nothing burger, um, especially when the narrative is not going to change here. This is a pending unrestricted free agent that has, what, 20 goals in 29 games. He's going to be extremely sought after on the trade market as a leader, as a guy who can play center or the wing, power play presence, face off. He does so many things well. He's going to be an extremely valuable commodity. So the trade talk, sorry, Bo, it's not going anywhere. Okay, Stephen, it's time now for the All-32, and we're going to bring in Everett Fitzhugh to talk about the Seattle Kraken. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, everyone, welcome to the next edition of the All 32, delivered by DoorDash. And we are very pleased to bring on the show with the radio voice of the Seattle Kraken Audio Network. It's Mr. Everett Fitzhugh. Everett, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well in uh, kind of cold and dreary Raleigh, North Carolina right now, but we're doing okay. Hey, I, I love that. You might be the yeah. most appropriately named person to the market, Everett, in the Pacific Northwest. Of course, you got the Everett Silver Tips out there. Yep. I'm guessing you get that a lot. But we're not going to talk Silver Tips. We're going to talk Kraken today. And obviously, this has been one of the biggest surprise stories in the NHL this season, the really competitive yeah. Kraken. You have especially Andre Burakovsky. He's been a great addition, one of the many additions in the offseason. Matty Beneers, of course, called their trophy frontrunner. So we're going to get to the goalies in a bit. But if we're talking just skaters, Everett, who, for you, has been the biggest surprise on the team this year? You know, I, I think for me, I'm looking at Burakovsky and I'm looking at uh, Matty Beneers. Matty Beneers had a great audition last season in those 10 games at the end of the year. And I know a lot of people were wondering, could he keep up that pace? And he has come as advertised. Uh, we all knew within the organization, uh, and obviously a lot of fans knew, he himself knew, the type of player that he could be. So I think it was not a surprise per se that he's able to do this, but the fact that he was able to show zero signs of slowing down uh, from that 10-game tryout last year. And I think number two for me is Andre Burakovsky. You never know how a change of scenery will do uh, a player. And a guy like him coming in, he now has that permanent spot up on that top line uh, and he's been leading that that offense for this team this season so I would say those are probably two of my biggest surprises with this team but in a positive way Everett when you look at the goaltending of this team and it's something where uh, if all goes well you think Rube Bauer's probably the number one this season and then Martin yeah. Jones comes in and he's the number two Jones comes in and he's doing a lot of great stuff you look at the stats of the goaltenders though obviously some wins but maybe not the greatest stats it kind of just feels like maybe maybe it's Grubauer, maybe it's Jones they're just kind of like one heater away from kind of just taking this team to the next level do you think that yeah, and the goaltending, despite this Kraken team not having, you know, you go all the way back to last season with the expansion draft, 
I believe the athletic had uh, Grubauer Drieger uh, as the third top, the third best tandem in the NHL. Uh, unfortunately, injuries have gotten in the way of that. McCracken have never been able to get that uh, solid one-two tandem goaltending as promised. Now that said, you still have gotten good goaltending this season, even though um, Grubauer was injured. Martin Jones came in uh, and and played uh, exemplary for the Kraken. And I think you're right. I, I do still think this is Grubauer's team. I think this is still his net, but it's good to have a guy in Martin Jones who can come in. Grubauer has been battle, battling uh, some injuries this season. So it's been great to have a guy like Martin Jones, who has proven, who has won, who has, um, you know, been at the, at that high level to come in and and play at a at a high level for Seattle. So I, I tend to agree with you in that you know whatever goaltender is kind of riding that hot hand um, might get the nod. But as we've seen, uh, Dave Axtall is really about getting that that tandem and that rotation going, and we've seen that throughout uh, the, the time here in Seattle. Everett, I wanted to shift to the big picture and ask you about Seattle as a market. So obviously yeah. Seattle is known as a pretty rabid, passionate sports town. If you look at the Seahawks and, and the Sounders, things like that. Uh, yeah. And we know how crazy the buzz was for Vegas in year one. And then, of course, year one with the Kraken, a lot to live up to. A lot of people comparing, expecting the Vegas experience, and the team isn't as competitive. It didn't feel like there was just a crazy buzz for the Kraken in year one, at least from, from where I sit. But right now, this season, obviously the team's competitive. And if, if my stats here are right, Seattle's one of only five teams in the NHL averaging above 100% capacity attendance per game. So from your perspective, are you seeing the passion rise in the city? And are Kraken fans starting to get to that frenzy level and fall in love with the team? You know, I'll tell you right now, in Seattle last season, the Kraken took over uh, the city of Seattle. Um, you cannot go 10 feet without seeing a jersey, a hat, a car decal. Uh, we broke NHL jersey records uh, last season. The fan base within the city of Seattle, within the state of Washington, within the greater uh, Pacific Northwest region has been there. And it's been there from day one. We we had uh, a rabid, passionate fans when the team was NHL Seattle before the, the Kraken brand was even announced. So I will say that that passion is there. But now what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of those casual fans who last year may have gone to a game because it was new, because it was, you know, the, the, the new cool thing to do in Seattle. Now you have those casual fans uh, investing in those teams and becoming invested in the Seattle Kraken. They're going to games now because of Matty Beneers, because of Andre Burakovsky, because um, this team is winning. So that fan base has always been there. The support has always been there. And yes, the records uh, last year, the numbers, I we understand. It was not where uh, a lot of people would have liked. But the fan base and that support has been the, the the big constant since day one of this organization has been the support of the community and the support of the fans. So I know that Seattle, you know, we're we're uh, we're kind of tucked away in that corner uh, of the Pacific Northwest, but the, the the fan base is there and that passion has been very apparent uh, since day one. Very well said, Everett. This has been great. And before we let you go, I just want to put you on the spot quickly and say, Ooh. Seattle Kraken, this season, playoffs or no playoffs? 
Oh, I'm I'm on the bandwagon. I I'm on I'm on the wagon. I think uh, I think the Kraken get in. Um, you know, they're they're putting themselves in a very good spot right now with their early season success. January, February are going to be very tough months uh, in terms of travel, in terms of number of games, in amount of days. But I think I think the Kraken find a way and they will get into the playoffs. Okay, I like the prediction. Thanks so much, Everett. This has been another edition of the All 32 delivered by DoorDash. And you see everybody, the promo code there at the bottom of your screen, that's Game Day 25, 25% off, free delivery on your first order. DoorDash, all your faves and more delivered right to your door. Thanks, Everett. See you later. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay, Stephen, it's time for the DFO inbox question. This is a great one. A lot of people were talking about it yesterday. Uh, the NBA announces the renaming of pretty much all of its major awards, and that got every other sport sort of a buzz, especially NHL fans talking about whether the awards that are very iconic in the NHL's history rel relative to other sports, uh, whether they should be renamed. So I want your take on this. Should the NHL follow suit and rename some of the major awards? So I'll start off by saying I don't care one bit about the awards. If I don't have to cover the awards ceremony, I have no interest in watching it outside of finding who the Calder winner is and maybe the Vesna. Uh, I don't care about seeing famous rich people get more trophies. That doesn't matter to me. But at the same time, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind a modern retake on some of these names. And like when Ovechkin retires, is he the the new Art Ross and things like that? Or um, so a Rockford Church say. But uh, there, there's things like that where I would be totally okay with that but i just i don't care about the awards they just don't interest me i don't watch award shows for movies music anything the hockey doesn't change that steven you got to put your journalist hat on here okay i'm pro awards because the awards equals a bunch of star players in one place to interview okay they're okay, good fine, for business fine. i'm just saying fine okay, if i'm buddy. not there though i don't care okay fair enough it's true i'm the one who goes so i'm like yay awards um, I do think this doesn't need to be an absolute. Everything on Twitter is an absolute yes or no. I think there can be a gray area here, and maybe the NHL can rename some awards. We know the precedent's already there. The Ted Lindsay Award, the NHLPA, that was the Lester B. Pearson. It was renamed because Ted Lindsay is sort of the founding forefather of unionizing in hockey. And the NHL realized that's a much more appropriate name for the award. So I do think you could go through certain awards and say, okay, Art Ross Trophy for the leading scorer. How can it not be Gretzky? How is there not an award named after Gretzky? We have a Mark Messier Award while he's still playing. I don't understand that. Other ones like the Vezina, well, the Vezina is already named after an elite legendary goalie. That can probably stay as is. But the most egregious one, of course, the one that I think would be the first award to change is the Conn Smythe Trophy. We know, of course, the documented history of Conn Smythe's racism toward Herb Carnegie, the comments he made, the discrimination. So that's an easy switch. I'm sure we can find another name, another player maybe that was famously clutch in the playoffs. It's funny, Sidney Crosby actually would probably be the best person to name the Conn Smythe Trophy after if we're basing it based on playoff performance when his career is done. Um, so that's where I land. I think it's somewhere in the middle. It doesn't have to be every award, but I think you can go on an award by award basis and change the ones that make sense to change. Okay, that brings us now to our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment. Tyler Remchuk, what do you have on tap? Well, last night, uh, Leon Dreisaitl saved my bacon a little bit. It was plus 115 to, for him to go over a point and a half. And now I'm just regretting not betting him to go over four and a half points last night. Uh, but regardless, let's get into what I got tonight, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, starting with a matchup between the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames. And I like taking the Calgary Flames on the puck line. 
if Jacob Markstrom gets the start, I love this even more because it feels like he's starting to turn around his season. In four of his last five starts, he's allowed two goals or less. The Flames just have not been giving this guy any run support. Well, tonight they're taking on Spencer Martin and looking at his recent starts, he's allowed 12 goals against in his last three appearances, including one game where he was yanked after allowing four goals on nine shots. So I like Calgary to get some offense going tonight. Markstrom's playing well. I think this is a good spot. They're also on home ice to take them at plus 140 on the puck line. Also at the bottom, my prop today is Matt Zuccarello to hit his shot prop. It's set at two and a half. He's hit this in nine straight games. And the payout is still minus 130. Honestly, this should probably be closer to minus 200 when you consider how the books usually adjust for shot props and players who go on big streaks like Zuccarello. Taking him over two and a half is an auto bet right now, especially at this price. So just two plays because it's a small slate tonight in the NHL, but it's the Zuccarello shot prop and it is the Calgary Flames on the puck line, Matt. Okay, thank you, Tyler. I like those plays. And I think an important lesson for our, our viewers is trust Tyler and not Matt. On Puck Pooley's yesterday, I, I say to everybody, hit that over on King Sabres. And I look at the score like late in the second period, it's 0-0. And I'm like, oh my God. Man, I, I had that last night Okay, so I feel better then. Okay, then that yeah. means there's a chance for redemption <laughs> for me. Okay, thank you, Tyler. I appreciate it, buddy. Okay, well, let's finish it off now with the garbage time segment. And it's my turn today, Stephen, to talk a little garbage um, of course, our own Frank Saravalli was at the NHL Board of Governors meetings in Florida this week, and he tabled the idea to Gary Bettman, uh, you know, whether they would be listening to fans' hatred of the digitally enhanced ads. Uh, and Bettman sort of shot it down quickly. He said it's a non-issue, that any supposed hate of the ads was bogus. He said that the NHL had polled casual and avid fans, that the response was great. Um, and I'm, I'm not okay with this. To me, this is an example, one of many examples of the NHL gatekeeping and locking out potential new fans, potential outsiders, potential casual fans who are having a hard time accessing this game. It's bad business. Even though the NHL claims the revenue coming in from these digital ads on the boards is good business, you're not looking at the big picture, which is growing the game. I'll give you a quick example, Stephen. My next door neighbor is from England. He'd never lived in Canada before. He moved in, he's trying to get into hockey and he tells me he has a really hard time finding the puck. And that's before factoring in the digital ads. That's an example of a new fan that wants to be converted and is having trouble accessing this game. That's a mistake the NHL continues to make over and over and over. They just shoot themselves in the foot. They don't think big enough in terms of growing the game and bringing in people from demographics that wouldn't normally be able to access and be interested in the game. So epic fail, NHL. I don't care what you're saying about these polls. What say you, Stephen? Well, I've talked about it before on this show, and I said that just looking at the boards as someone who's got uh, blindness in one eye and already has migraine issues when you see a bunch of flashing things on the screen, uh, this is a disaster. Uh, it is hard to watch a lot of games in one night for, as a result, and I know I'm not alone when I tweeted that a couple of days ago, a lot of people were like, yeah, I, I got similar issues where it's, it's visibly very hard to see, and I feel like uh, if you're trying to make it more inclusive for people wanting to watch the game, making it where you're having an incredible amount of distractions and it, it's glitching out there. I, if you can do it right, fine, but we're just not there yet. And that technology is not there. And I get it. If you, they can't just easily stop doing that. They've already made their deals of all their sponsorship, but they got to figure out a way to make this a better technology because we, we saw the World Cup of Hockey. It, it was not great and it, it definitely isn't better now. I agree all the way. Thank you, Stephen, for supporting my claim. Okay, everybody, that's it 
for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Thank you, Stephen Ellis. Thank you, Everett Katsu. Thank you, Tyler Remchuk. And of course, head of production, Alex Allard. We will be back Thursday, noon Eastern, with another show. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.